Alright, this is Joffer here, and I'm currently interviewing Mr. Gerlach. Say what's up. What's up? Um, I'm interviewing Mr. Gerlach about transcendentalism and abolitionists and the two movements and their similarities. Alright, Mr. Gerlach, transcendentalism was a major literary movement in American literature. It combines respect for nature, self-reliance, non-conformity, spirituality, and intuition. Knowing knowledge, having knowledge, non-conformity would be like breaking away from the norm, not listening to other people, and just following your own views. And they say that humans are inherently good people and that we fight for the greater good. Okay, so respect for nature. Human traits are reflected in nature. Self-reliance, you are self-sufficient, you rely on yourself and not others. Spirituality, God is within rather than outside. Intuitions, we have hum we have morals naturally. Okay, so that's the background about tr transcendentalist movement. What do you think about it? Uh, totally agree, and um, we've obviously I think our country was started on all that, but over time uh, we've definitely gotten away from it. I agree. Okay, the abolitionist movement was a period during the Civil War where many people, whites and African Americans, but mainly African Americans, were fighting for the freedom and emancipation of slavery. These people, these people, they, they rallied for speeches, they tried to convince Abraham Lincoln to stop slavery, and they wanted to stop segregation. Alright, now that I've given you a background, how about we go to our interview questions? Okay, first question. What do you know about the abolitionist movement currently? No, just basically from what you've just told me. That's it. So you just know about, like, Fred... Do you know anything about Frederick Douglass? A little bit. Okay. Hmm. Do you agree with abolitionist views and their views of freeing slaves? Absolutely. Why? Because um, <clears throat> America's based on freedom. And you shouldn't um, be forced to do anything that you don't want to do that's against your principles well we have here in frederick douglas's speech what is the slave what to the slave is the fourth of july and here he's talking about we i'm about to quote this the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim to him your celebration is a sham your boasted liberty and unholy license your natural greatness swelling vanity your swings of your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless your denote your denote de Nunciations of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality. All that, he's what he's talking about here is that he's mm. saying people like Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, they slammed British and King George mm -hmm. about not being equal and mistreating them. But then here, he's basically saying, you guys are hypocrites. He even says right here, it says, with all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, and pity, and hypocrisy. He's, talk, he's calling them hypocrites because how can you rally for freedom but at the same time you're going to want to enslave innocent people and get them to do your dirty work. What do you think about that? That's, I, I agree with that. And that's, you know, that's been the conflict from the very beginning. So yeah, <clears throat> they are, you know, they got away because they didn't want to be enslaved to the British but then they turn around and enslave people to accomplish things that they wanted. So it's kind of, yeah, hypocrisy for sure. Man, it's, it's crazy. And he was he was very angry about it. Okay. Does Frederick Douglass's views align with the transcendentalist views of peacefulness and self-reliance and all those other things? Do you think they kind of align the way he described that? 
um, with like the yeah. Peace. I mean, I think they do align because he's talking about um, being responsible for yourself. So trying to find your own way, not responsible, doing your own thing, not being forced to do something you don't want to do. Totally, totally. Okay. Here, let me see this. Okay. Okay, here, um, to speak. Okay, at least they have a very least sign illuminates. Okay, crossing my bear comment. Where does this say? Okay, and here we have an expert from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Douglas is, is an abolitionist. Emerson is a famous transcendentalist. Right here, he's talking about to speak truly, few adult persons can see nature. Most persons do not see the sun, unless they have a very superficial seeing. The sun illuminates only the eye of the man, but shines into the eye. Can you give me any elaboration on what you think that means? Mm. When he says that few adults can actually see nature, they can see it, but they can't. Like, they don't truly feel it. Um... Maybe they don't appreciate it as much as they should, or miss, at least definitely how they used to. And I think today we're just today we're just consumers, so we consume everything, and we don't think about the impact that it has on nature and totally, environment. Totally. And this and this expert, basically the content and main summary of this expert is that he's saying that you need to be alone with nature. If you truly, if you think you really embrace nature, you're not. You got to be alone with it nature reflects our like greater good mm. and his view that kind of aligns with douglas because he's saying that we're inherently good but at the same time these people they're enslaving slaves innocent people it's disgusting and he hates it and it's just and he's he, he hates it even religious even in our our second quote from douglas's expert let this damning fact be perpetually told that entire killing king hating people loving democratic christian america the seats of justice are filled with judges who hold their offices under an open and palatable bribe. I take this law to be one of the grossest infringements of Christian liberty. And if the churches and ministers of our country were not stupidly blind or most wickedly indifferent, they would still regard it. What he's basically saying is that even these religious figures, all the people in office, government figures, they don't care at all. And they're supporting slavery in America and they're... He, they're supporting it and like he's saying that even in a religious America where they hate kings they hate tyranny they're they're so cool with just having slavery and he hates it he hates it very much what do you well, think about that well you go from from his time to modern day and that's keeping people on um, the government's um, programs so that's a form of slavery they don't want to keep them they don't want to get them off those programs because there's money involved taxes, all this stuff, so they keep them on those programs without giving them, giving them away. I mean, it is a form of, that to me is a form of slavery in itself. I because agree. the government needs it to continue to function to uh, gather taxes. I agree, I agree. They're basically, it's a modern form of slavery, you think. Keeps them, in the, keeps them down in what they need to be so they can keep collecting money and pay for the programs. I agree 100%. Okay. Next question. Would you be an abolitionist or a transcendentalist? Why? Which one do you rather, would you, do you lean more towards? They're both good, fantastic movements, but if you had to choose one. Uh, transcendentalism, I guess. Because um, one, I grew up on the farm. So being around nature and the value of nature and... <clears throat> You know, everything that we need to survive is provided there if we take care of it. Food, protection, 
Um, so, and I think when you're out, <laughs> uh, out with nature, I think it opens up your eyes that there's a greater cause than yourself. <clears throat> I agree, I agree. Okay. We have our final quote from a transcendentalist person, Henry David Theroux. Mm-hmm. He's also famous, just like Emerson. They were both very influential transcendentalists. All right, right here it says, The mass of men serve the state, thus, not as men mainly, but as machines with their bodies. They are the standing army and the militia, jailers, constables, posse, commoters, etc. In most cases, there is no free exercise, whatever, of the judgment or of the moral sense, but they put themselves on a level of wood, on a level with wood and earth and stones, and woman, wooden men can perhaps be manufactured that will serve the purpose well. What I think about that is that he's basically saying that the people that serve the state and they serve their country or whatever they're serving, they serve it so blindly. They're acting like machines. They don't, it's not, they're not doing it with their own ethics. They're just doing it to do it. And it's like they're not thinking about governing themselves like how transcendentalist, transcendentalist views, it aligns with self-reliance, it relies with nonconformity. These guys are very conformed with the social norm. And these guys are very, very, very... Like, they're not self-reliant. They're making people, like, they're making the ringleader, mm-hmm. the governor, the main person, mm-hmm. ahead of them. He's mm-hmm. he's controlling them. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's probably what's happened with our today, in our politics today. That in the past, all the politicians have been kind of like machines and doing this stuff. And then you have a guy who's from the outside who doesn't listen to all that stuff. Then influence him. He comes in. And that's what people are looking for, and he doesn't—he does not conform at all yeah, to totally. your normal politicians' talk and all that stuff. So that—that's what I think about that one. Wow, that's crazy, man. It's, I agree. A lot of people don't like it, but it's definitely off the norm. And he doesn't care what people say. One, he doesn't need to care because he doesn't need the money. All politicians need money. Yeah. So they're going to tell you what you want to hear because they want you to give them that money to keep them in office. Yeah. And he doesn't need the money, so he doesn't care. It's that person. That's that one person that doesn't <laughs> listen to everything else. He's that. Everybody, but everybody thinks he's crazy. Okay. And he just kind of, he can't be crazy on some stuff. <laughs> All right. We have another another and final quote, the third quote from Frederick Douglass's expert. He says, the simple story is that 76 years ago, the people of this country were British subjects. He's talking about how when they were colonists. You were under the British crown, but your fathers, the founders, they went so far in their excitement as to pronounce the measures of government unjust, unreasonable, and oppressive, and altogether such as ought to not quietly submitted to. To say now that America was right and England wrong is exceedingly easy, but there was a time when to pronounce against England and in favor of the cause of the colonies, tried man's soul. I think what he means there is that these guys they denounced England they were they were 76 years ago these guys were basically slaves paying taxes doing all that garbage mm-hmm. and they hated it and mm-hmm. now they're enslaving people he's basically saying you guys used to be like this you guys hated it why would you want to see other people do this currently innocent children and african americans mm-hmm. suffering millions of them what do you think about that uh i think it's just i think it's just it's probably not as bad as it was for them but it is the truth and it's just think how I think it's just unfortunately how things have to get done I mean you have to have labor you have to have I mean this has been going on since the beginning of time so you think about Romans and all that there's always been the slave and the master 
so that's probably never going to change. Um, hopefully, um, so on some level, it's always it's even prevalent today, right? But um, I just think it's I think it's 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 just human nature, and I think it's never going to go away. And I think there's certain levels of you know some of them are extremes, and some are you know it's just always a level there. Totally. I just don't think it's ever going to go away. It's just it's human nature. It's been around since the beginning of time. Man, I think in conclusion, these guys are saying, just like what you just said there, ab- these guys both believe that transcendentalists and abolitionists, they believe that we're inherently good people. We're not evil from the core, like when we're born or anything. But I do feel like I agree with you when you say that this slavery, the master and the worker, is never going to go away because people, they're always going to try to be above one another. And that's just, that's the evil part of us. Mm-hmm. We have the good of part of us that goes for self-reliance. We respect nature. We we believe spirituality. We believe in our God. We follow him. But then the way Douglas, he said, basically, you guys believe in your God. You guys are spiritual. But then you guys don't care. You guys are disregarding it. It's unjust. It's evil. And then Thoreau, Thoreau, he's basically saying these workers, they're all machines. They're all, they aren't self-reliant. And then Emerson, he's telling people to believe more in nature, to not just try to feel it, but to try to um, just... To just be nature, be with it. Try to see yourself in nature. See how the rain personifies your mood. All that different stuff. So I just think we can just conclude like saying that like these guys, they both have similar views. and that All formed by different things because one was coming from a slave and one was coming from a slave owner. So you can have two different perspectives. 100%. Um, on that subject for sure. Yes, sir. All right, that's the interview. Thank you very much, right, Mr. Gerlach. All right, this is Joffre Aldrani here, and I have Mr. Lipscomb over here. And today, we're going to talk about transcendentalism and the abolitionist movement. A basic background about transcendentalism is that it's a major literary movement in American literature. It combines respect for nature, self-reliance, nonconformity, spirituality, and intuition that humans are naturally good. Abolitionism is a movement that combines the it combines these similar terms and mm-hmm. combines these but it, it was a movement during the civil war period where african americans and whites alike they're trying to free slaves and they're trying to stop segregation what do you think about these two movements um as far as abolitionist abolitionist movement i think it was a great thing to have obviously uh whites involved with the movement um as far as transcendentalism um I don't know that it had the same impact on all of society as did the abolitionist movement. Do you know anything about Frederick Douglass? Yes. What do you know about him? I know he's one of the lead abolitionists uh, during the movement in the 1800s. Um, and some people actually kind of refer to him as the godfather of uh, abolitionists and Harriet Tubman almost as like the godmother of it. Okay, we have a quote here from from Henry David Thoreau. He's a famous transcendentalist. I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. But he says right here, he says... Uh, let me see what he says. Uh, crap, I forgot. Okay, it says here, that government, the government is best which governs least. And I should like to see it acted up to more rapidly and systematically. That government is best which governs not at all. Government is at best but an expedient. But most governments are usually, and all governments are sometimes expedient. 
The government itself, which is only the mode which the people have chosen to execute their will, is equally liable to be abused and perverted before the people can act through it. I think what this is saying here, this is a transcendentalist quote. What it's saying here is that pretty much people, they abuse the government. They don't abuse the government, but they, they follow the government blindly. And yes. they, the government, they just follow it blindly. And the government, whatever the government says, they think goes. And people, they act like machines. And this is... This, got, this is basically saying that people need to be more self-reliant and non-conformed because the norm, the bad norm, is to be involved with the government, to be, like, listening to them, not to be listening to your heart. Yeah. And then they're not self-reliant. They're relying too much on, like, control and all that negative mm-hmm. thing. What do you think about that? Um, I don't like the idea of um, just following kind of the, the, the norm, quote-unquote, when it comes to the government. I think people need to educate themselves now more than ever with our current society and uh, state of politics on really what the role of the government is from local to state all the way up to national. In conclusion, I feel like I feel like we can say that transcendentalism it they have similar views to abolitionists, but at the same time it didn't have as much of an impact on America as abolitionists did because abol- the abolitionist movement it freed and emancipated slaves, while the transcendentalist movement it may have inspired abolitionist movement because just like the Second Great Awakening and the yep. Temperance Movement and all mm-hmm. those movements. And the women's rights movement, they were all, they all combine each other. Like, they all have similar Yeah, views they're all of, kind of built off the back. Yeah, they all have the views of peace, self-reliance, fighting for the greater good. And most of all, these both combine intuition that humans are naturally good. That's what both these people believe. Thoreau believes it. Ralph Waldo Emerson believes it. And Frederick Douglass believes it. So that concludes our interview. Thank you very much. All right. What's up, guys? This is Jafar Aldrani here. And I'm about to talk about my commentary for my podcast project for Miss Bates class. Now I'm about to pull up my work my podcast. My one page. Okay. Let's get started. Today I'm going to t- be talking about the abolitionist movement and the transcendentalist movement. More specifically, I'm going to be elaborating on whether the abolitionist movement corresponds or contradicts the ideas of transcendentalism, including the ideas of self reliance and governing. First of all, let's get started with some background on these two movements and their time periods. The Transcendentalist Movement was a major movement in American literature. It combined the elements of respect for nature, self-reliance, non-conformity, and breaking away from the norms set from others. Spirituality and believing and embracing a higher power above yourself and what humans represent. And finally, intuition. Basically, knowledge and the idea that humans are naturally good people. Alright. In Ralph Waldo Emerson's Nature, a good quote that shows the respect for nature is, A nobler want of man is served by nature, namely the love of beauty. This means that the noble and true man loves beauty and embraces it. A real want and need of man is the search for true beauty. Emerson believes that's what we search and strive for deep inside ourselves. Now let's get to the abolitionist movement. The abolitionist movement was a movement against slavery and segregation in the United States. This movement was primarily led by African Americans and slave-loving white people. This movement deeply encouraged the American Civil War but ended up stopping slavery altogether. Alright, now we can get into actually answering our question here. (laughs) So what I feel like... I feel like since transcendentalists and abolitionists were both against oppression, I feel like the abolitionist movement... it deeply, deeply corresponds with transcendentalism because 
famous transcendentalists and famous abolitionists both believe that we should be self-reliant and that we shouldn't be like relying on other people to do our manual label labor they also believe in self-government for example henry david thoreau he believes that we shouldn't be just following the state we shouldn't just be following the government we should be being our own people and following what we truly believe in and we have a quote right here where it says <clears throat> okay it says under a government which imprisons any ju unjustly, the true place just for a man is also a prison, where the state places those who are not with her but against her. It is the only house in a slave state in which a free man can abide with honor. If any think that their influence will be lost there and their voices no longer afflict the ear of the state, that they would not be as an enemy within its walls. They do not know how much truth is stronger than error. Now that's a quote from Henry David Thoreau's On the Duty of Civil Disobedience. And what I believe that says pretty much is that is that you can pretty much be thrown in jail and that's nobler than staying outside and doing the wrong thing. Like these people, they're thrown in jail for doing the right thing, for freeing their slaves, for being a free slave, for doing whatever. These people are punished and thrown in jail for doing the right thing. And what he believes is this is nobler and this is true self-reliance. That's true transcendentalism. We have another quote from Henry David Thoreau right here where it says, <laughs> where is it, where is it? I know this well, that if 1,000, if 100, if 10 men whom I could name, if 10 honest men only, A, if one honest man in this state of Massachusetts ceasing to hold slaves were actually to withdraw from this co-partnership and be locked up in the county jail, therefore, it would be the abolition of slavery in America. For not for a matter is not how small the beginning may seem to be, what is once well done is done forever. That quote right there, that that goes with abolitionism perfectly. That pretty much what that's saying is that is that even though he's a famous transcendentalist, is basically saying that he he believes that he believes that um Okay, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Unfortunately my episode just split, but it's all good. This is pretty much part two. Okay now to be continued. So what what Thoreau said pretty much is that in that quote, he's saying that an honest man, if he honestly just stops slavery, if he gets locked up for stopping slavery and he puts the idea out there, that's the end of slavery. Slavery will not be dominant anymore just because of him being self-reliant, him really embracing his inner morals, his inner intuition. It'll put that idea into other people's heads that slavery is evil and that's it takes one. It's like a raindrop effect. When he does something, the rain, the water is going to hit the umbrella and it's going to splash. It's going to splash and it's going to hit everyone else. His his idea of stopping slavery is pretty much like water hitting an umbrella, rain hitting an umbrella. It's pretty much going to bounce off and it's going to it's going to go to everyone else and eventually it's going to end up stopping slavery just like what actually happened these small amounts of people harriet tubman frederick Douglass, i could name many more these people going together banding together underground railroad they stopped slavery they did it they did it and they stopped slavery all because they just kept they kept going they never gave up now in order to really enforce this i'd like to go one more quote from frederick Douglass, my abolitionist quote now Okay, right here it says, 
Behold the practical operation of this internal slave trade, the American slave trade, sustained by American politics and American religion. All that's really saying is that slavery is supported by the two things that would normally unsupport this, politics and religion. American religion, American politics, Christianity, and Democratic Republicans, Federalists, all that stuff. That, those things supported slavery and they kept it alive. Those corrupt religious figures and corrupt government figures, they supported it. They supported it, and that's what led slavery to keep flourishing and to keep going and building up on it, on itself. But those people, like I've said, like Thoreau, Emerson, Douglas, Tubman, those people banding together, stopping slavery one at a time, they put that idea out there, leading to the American Civil War and ultimately the end of slavery forever. Now, on one last final note. Hmm. I feel like... Finally, to conclude, the abolitionist movement absolutely corresponds with transcendentalism. Just because those slaves, the slavery, anti-slavery people, they believed in self-reliance. They believed in governing yourself and to not just listening to the government blindly and not following your own, their own mind about you. You need to follow your own views. And then that's the entire reason of why they should abolish slavery. Because I'm just like, be self-reliant. Why would you rely on other people for your manual labor? labor? Like... It's ridiculous. These two absolutely link together. And just like it's known in history, the Transcendentalist Movement and its views, the Second Great Awakening, the Temperance Movement, Women's Rights Movement, ab Abolitionist Movement, these movements all contradict together just because of the self-reliance and the intuition. It all goes around intuition of being a good person and really listening to your morals. Now, I'd like to conclude that. Thank you very much for your time. Enjoy this interview. I mean, enjoy this commentary.